Well, my name's uh, Pastor John. I'm the youth pastor. You get, I think, like twice in three weeks. That's awesome. That's a record. Um, pastor TD and Pastor Callie, the senior pastors, they are away at convention, uh, which was held in uh, Seattle, um, which is all the, the pastors of our denomination. They get together. They pray. Uh, they get encouraged. They get built up. And it's a, a week long, so they'll be back for next week. But that's where they're at currently. So you get stuck with me, the youth pastor. Now, normally I say that I am the quickest one on, on, out, of, out of all three of us, right? Pastor Callie's probably the one that goes the longest. So if, you, if she's up here, you're going to be in for a treat. It's going to go forever, but it's going to be awesome. Then Pastor T.D. and then normally me. Last time I spoke, I actually went longer, and we were in here for the full amount of time. So this week, I promise you, it is going to be a short one, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, I give you that promise because it's a beautiful day, and, and I want to go out there and enjoy it as much as you do, you guys do. Um, but we're currently in a series titled Expansion uh, that is focusing on the book of Acts. And it's focusing on this idea of the, the, the church, the followers of Jesus, growing and expanding outside of Jerusalem, um, moving out. And the tagline for this is reaching out to people who are different than you. And, and we've been moving along and prior to this, um, we've reached a point in, in, in the story where we find ourselves in Jerusalem and the persecution of the Christians has now happened. People are not happy with Christians, so they are now persecuting people. They are now killing people. And, and we find ourselves with a guy named Philip, who Philip actually only shows up three times in, in the Bible. Um, and these three times are in the book of Acts. So he's, he's just a guy that, that has a quick storyline, but, but we, the, the book of Acts decides to focus in on this one story. And the story starts off in Acts 8, 26 through 40. And it reads, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candite, which means queen of Ethiopia. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And he asked, do you understand what you are reading? See, what, what, what we have here is Philip, Philip going and, and listening to God and being obedient to what God was speaking to him. But, but in order to understand this, we have to understand who Philip was. Philip, in the earlier chapters, I think chapter 6, was named a deacon of the church. Meaning he, he, he was um, what we like to call elders or what we like to call um, the governing body of the church. He was just a normal person who served the church and had a voice in the church. Philip, to us, would be the person greeting you in the parking lot, giving you that big smile. That was Philip. Or Philip was the people that dedicate week after week serving the kids' ministry. That was Philip. Philip was the guy in the coffee bar um, making coffee. Uh, Philip was the person serving the youth ministry. Philip was just a normal person serving the church. 
he wasn't this mega pastor. He wasn't this huge personality. He was just a normal guy who was obedient and was listening to God. And what we find is that God sends Philip to Gaza. And Gaza is a place that you really, like, no one really wants to be in Gaza. Gaza to me is relative to Nebraska. There's 10 people in a million cows. And that's, that's what you get in Gaza. And that's honestly, that's probably my nightmare is for God to say, hey, John, you're not going to Nebraska. Um, I would really have to contemplate my life and see if I want to say yes to that because I don't want to live with a lot of cows and just a lot of land. But that's what Gaza was. So, so God says, hey, Philip, you're going to go from this huge booming city of Jerusalem where, where God is moving, where revival has happened, all of these things, and you're now going to go to Gaza where there's nobody there for you. And Philip says, all right, I will do it. That's where you're calling me. That's where I'm going to go. And Philip is on this journey, and he's walking, and he encounters another man. He, he encounters an Ethiopian man on the same journey. Uh, and the Bible says it's a dirt road. This dirt road was actually land that was fought over for many years. The last person to fight over this land was a guy named um, Alexander the Great. He was a, he was a conqueror. And he conquered this land, and they fought over this land and destroyed this land. So now it had become this desert, this desert land where you just walk, and there's nothing there until you reach Gaza. So, so Philip is walking down this road, and he sees this Ethiopian, and he's traveling the same road. And, and God, in that moment, engages with him, and he says, hey, go speak to that man. I mean, there's no one else to talk to, so go speak to him. And he does. So my first question to you and my first point to us today is, are you going? Are you moving? Are you listening to where God is calling you? Philip was so in tune with God that when God spoke or just even moved a little bit, he was aware and he acted upon it. And I ask, are we sensitive enough in hearing the voice of God and obedient enough to responding to that voice of God? Philip didn't have an internal debate. He wasn't like, well, I mean, I'm alone. I don't want to speak to this guy. I'm just going. He said, yes. And, and, and the Bible says that he actually ran to the man. That's how obedient he was. Uh, a lot of us want to live out this grand mission of God. We want to be obedient. God calls us to, to preach the gospel, to tell people about him. Yet, we're so afraid and we're so scared of actually going through with it. We're not obedient and we're not ready to say yes to what God is saying. Actually, when we hear, hey, God spoke to him, we, we get intimidated, right? You're like, God spoke? Like, what does that sound like? What is that experience like? Is, I mean, am I going to hear thunder and then God's going to say something? Is the earth going to shake? And then it, a lot of us overthink the experience of, of, of God speaking to us. But in reality, it's a simple thing. And it's as simple as, as understanding and being sensitive to what the Bible says. The Bible is, is the word of God. It's God speaking to us. And often we're sitting and we're waiting for this grand, grand experience to happen when all we have to do is open up the Bible and read what God is saying to us. We have to understand what we're reading. For example, when the Bible says 
it is more blessed to give than to receive. Are we living our lives open-handedly? Are we living our lives to where we are willing to give to people who do not have, even if we don't have? When the Bible says, count others more significant than yourself, are we fighting to put others before us? Or are we living life selfishly, focused on advancing our lives, making our life better, rather than helping those around us? When the Bible says, pray without ceasing, are we fighting for an intimacy with God? Or are we, again, selfish with our own time and are too busy to even engage with the Word of God? Are we hearing and obeying what God is saying to us? I would argue that actually God engages with us more often than we'd like to admit. Sometimes we're, we're walking down, down in the grocery store and we encounter someone that we haven't seen in a long time. And something deep within us is saying, hey, you should go talk to that person. You should go see what's up. You haven't seen them in forever. Yet you're like, no, uh, I'm going to keep shopping. And you just keep moving with your life. Or you're sitting at home and someone comes across your mind and you're like, man, maybe I should call that person. Maybe I should, maybe I should give them a call. Maybe I should invite them to lunch. Maybe I should invite them to come over to my house. Yet you're like, no, you know what? I have to clean my house. I have to cook. I have all these other things to worry about. I think oftentimes we try to overcomplicate God speaking to us when in reality he is speaking to us. He's giving us these urges. And it's an easier thing. It's just to sit down, pause, and listen. There is nothing more beautiful than saying yes to what God is calling us to do. I, I, I cannot tell you how different my life would have been if, if uh, a few years ago I would have said no to God rather than yes to God. My life has changed drastically, and I can tell you that it has improved by, by like 100,000% how much better my life is now than it was before. And it was all because I sat down and I listened to what God was saying, and I said yes. Said yes, because I, 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 I want to be moving forward I want to be going somewhere. Are we people that are listening and are obedient to what God is calling to us? Are we people that are going somewhere or are we people that are stagnant? And we continue reading. Then Philip ran up the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked? How can I, he said, unless someone explains to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is a passage of scripture that eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shear is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Some translations say in verse 35 that Philip, with using his own words, described the passage that he was reading. 
And, and my second point today is, are you people that are telling? Are you people that are vocal? Are we using our own words to share the word of God? Are you speaking the gospel into the lives of those around you? See, what, what we find here is that Christianity hadn't exploded outside of Jerusalem yet. In Jerusalem, revival had happened, and people had, had seen Jesus, but outside of that, no one knew who Jesus was. And we find Philip leaving that, that area and exploring new land and going to Ethiopia. And the scriptures say that, that we're to take the, the God of word to the ends of the earth. Ethiopia was considered the ends of the earth. It was the, the, the furthest place that anyone in Jerusalem could think of going. It was like, how, how, what's the ends of the earth? Oh, Ethiopia is the end of the earth. So Philip is walking, leaving the center of Christianity. And he's walking and he encounters an Ethiopian man. A man from the ends of the earth. A man who was a eunuch and was a treasurer for the queen of Ethiopia. Meaning that he was dedicated to the life of serving the queen of Ethiopia, serving the government of Ethiopia, and he was intelligent. I mean, they're not going to put someone that doesn't know how to count to be a treasurer, right? You have to be kind of smart. So he is a smart man. So Philip encounters this man from Ethiopia who was smart, who was dedicated to his government. His life, the Ethiopian's man, was fine without Jesus. He didn't need Jesus. He had everything he needed. Right there. He had money. He had a job. He had a purpose. Yet there was something different about him because he was traveling from Jerusalem. And he was reading the book of Isaiah. If we're going to be people that are telling, we cannot be afraid to approach people that are different than us. We cannot be afraid to approach someone that has different beliefs than us. Who looks different than us. Who lives different than us. I think when, when I first became a Christian, my fear came out of this idea that if I approached someone about Christianity, they would laugh at me and they would deny me and they'd be like, hi, oh, you're dumb, just go away, right? God would say, hey, you're walking down the street and God would say, hey, go speak to this man. I'd be like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I'm too afraid. I don't want to do that. But in reality, what we read in the scriptures and what we realize is that God has already been working in the life of the Ethiopian. The Ethiopian man had encountered Jesus, and he was questioning his own belief system, questioning everything he had learned, and he was reading the Bible. And all he needed was for someone to say yes and to be obedient and to speak truth into his life. And that man was Philip. Philip was obedient and was listening to what God was saying. And he said, yes. So he walked up to this Ethiopian man. And he said, hey, what are you doing? And he's reading the book of Isaiah. That, that to me, is like the perfect setup. That's when you're playing baseball, someone just pitches it straight down the middle. And you've got the power to launch it out of the field. That, this is like the best thing. This is us walking into a coffee shop, getting the urge to talk to someone. And we're like, okay, I'll go talk to him. We walk up to him. And the, the person that we're going to talk to is reading John 3.16. And God so loved the world that he sent his only son. And you're like, holy, this is the perfect setup. Like this is the easiest thing to explain to someone, right? This is what's happening. Philip had been set up perfectly by God. 
and he was willing to say yes and obedient to say yes to what God was calling us. Are we people that are going, moving forward, and listening to God? And are we people that are willing to tell and talk about what God is doing in our lives? The translation says that, that Philip went up to him and used his own words to describe how God had changed his life, transformed his life. See, people have, have, have been set apart for us to encounter us so that we can share our own experiences. I've been placed in the position of being a youth pastor because I've lived, I mean, I've lived a lot of life. And I know a lot of the youth have struggled or have friends who have struggled with depression. And I can tell you that I have had friends who have taken their own lives. And I can, I can share out of my experience how God can redeem those situations. Out of my own life, I've lived a life of addiction. And I know it's, as a teenager, it's hard to say no to things. And before you know it, you're addicted to something that you don't want to be addicted to. And out of my own experiences, I can talk and relate to how God is doing and changing and transforming my life. Are we people that are telling? Are we people that are using our own experiences, our own words to speak to people? Maybe you've been through a divorce and God has redeemed your life. And God says, hey, go speak to this man. And, you, and this man is going through a divorce, and it's your job to speak life into that situation. Maybe you've lost a husband or a wife or a child. And God is saying, hey, go speak to this person. And you're, you're saying, no, I, I have nothing to relate to this person. But little do you know that you actually do. You actually have a purpose into speaking life into this person. Are we people that are going and are we people that are telling? And we continue. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me, of my being baptized? I love this. This guy is so, he's encountered Jesus, right? And they're, they're like, hey, look, there's water. Why don't you just baptize me right now? Why don't I become a Christian, right? There's nothing, there, he's putting no excuses like, I'm excited for what is happening. Why don't we do it right now? That, that water is probably so dirty. I, I would not go near that water. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized them. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. This is, again, this is weird. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again. So imagine being Philip, right? You're baptizing someone in this, in this water, and then before you know it, you end up somewhere else, and you're like, well, okay, I guess I'll continue preaching the word of the gospel. And then the eunuch is like, where'd Philip go? I guess I'll just continue. The only, I mean, the only time I remember of myself being in a situation where I don't remember how I got somewhere is before I met Jesus, when I was doing inappropriate things. Uh, and then I would wake up and I'm like, well, how'd I get here? Well, I guess I'll just continue living my life. This is what's happening. But there's no illegal substances happening here. This is just the Spirit of God moving and taking Philip from somewhere unfamiliar 
and just moving him on so he can continue preaching the gospel. And my third point is this. Your efforts are always preceded by God's actions. When we, when we realize that, hey, we need to people, be people that are going, and we need to be people that are telling, being vocal about what God has done in our own lives, and we take a chance and say, all right, God, yes, I will do this. God always precedes that with him moving and doing something. Philip is walking down this road. He meets the Ethiopian, and God says, go speak to him. Go tell him about God. And he said, yes. And in that moment, God said, all right, he knows about God. Now we're going to baptize him, and he's going to join the kingdom of God. And, and historians have traced this Ethiopian man being the origins of Christianity spreading in Ethiopia. That, that the reason that Christianity spread even faster than, than what it was already spreading was because of this one Ethiopian man who was connected to royalty in Ethiopia going back and telling people of the experience that he had, telling people about God. Are we people that are willing to say yes to what God is doing? Are we people that are willing to be obedient to what God is doing? Because God is just sitting there waiting for us to say yes. Waiting for us to be like, all right, God, whatever you are calling me to do, whoever you are calling me to do, I'm willing to say yes so that we can move the kingdom of God forward. The God who loves people is working in people's hearts way before we even show up. And we see this again. The Ethiopian man had been reading the book of Isaiah. What's awesome is that before the Ethiopian man was created, before anyone that we will ever encounter was created, God had already willed them into creation. God had already said, all right, I'm forming them and making them and putting them on this earth. And his, the plan for their salvation has already been worked out. Everything has been set into place for them to enter the kingdom of God. Yet the only thing missing is people willing to say yes. People willing to go and to talk about what God is doing in their lives. The groundwork has already been set. Seeds have already been planted. The eunuch had already been reading the scriptures and had visited the center of Christianity, Jerusalem. God had already been working in his life. And God has already been working in the lives of those who he sends us to meet. But we are the ones that have to be willing to say yes. The issue is that we aren't willing to ask God to send us to people, and we aren't willing to listen. We aren't willing to put in the effort. See, see this, this idea of Christianity, this idea of what we like to call um, going out and evangelizing to people, we tend to overcomplicate. But it's as easy as, as listening to what God is saying, the, like the gut feeling you get, that gut feeling that you get when when you see someone and you're like, oh, man, I should talk to that person. And then you say no because you're too busy. I've done that. I've, I, I've done that so many times. This, this past weekend or this past week, I went home. I'm from uh, the Illinois area, the suburbs of Chicago. And I went home. It was my birthday. I turned 27. I'm old, I know. Um, 
I turned 27, and I'm sitting on a plane. And honestly, normally, I, am, I sit on a plane, and I'm like, all right, like, people tell stories of meeting, like, sharing the gospel on the plane. But that really doesn't happen to me. I sit there, and, like, people just kind of stare at me because I'm big, and they're like, am I going to sit next to you? And I'm like, dude, just sit down. Like, it's fine, whatever. Um, and then and then they're like, hey, what do you do? And I'm just like, oh, I work for a nonprofit. I never say church because that scares people. So, like, if, uh, A, you're sitting next to a big person, and, B, they work for a church, you're going to be scared. You're like, <laughs> so I don't say that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I work for a nonprofit. And then that's it. That's how it goes. But this time, I'm on the plane, and there's someone sitting. It's a pretty empty flight because I, I tend to leave pretty early. I left at 6 a.m. Um, so across the aisle, there, there's another person sitting there, and God's saying, hey, speak to that person. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. It's 6 a.m. I want to go to sleep. You got to be crazy. So that's what I did. I'm sitting on this plane, and I go to sleep. And we get to Chicago, and I forget about it. You know, I, I enjoy my time there. On my flight back, the same person, they're not sitting uh, on the aisle across from me anymore. They're sitting directly next to me. And I get the same urge, like, hey, you should talk to him. I'm like, all right, fine, you win. I'll talk to him. So, so I'm like, hey, what do you do for a living? And he tells me that he's a photographer. I'm like, cool, I like to do that stuff. He's like, hey, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I work for a nonprofit. And then he starts asking for more details. Like, oh, cool, what kind of nonprofit? I'm like, um, we, you know, we help the community. <laughs> we uh, try to take people out of addiction, out of broken families, out of all of these things. and try to give them a better life. He's like, oh, what's it called? I'm like, oh, it's a church. It's called Ponca City Church. And he's like, and his face just changed. I was like, all right, great. There, there it goes. It's ruined. But, but the same situation happened. He started asking deeper and harder questions about God. He said, all right, you're, you work for a church. You're clearly a pastor. How do you feel about the homosexual community? I was like, oh, God, here we go. And I started explaining the heart behind that. And he said, all right. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? And this, the, whole, the entire plane ride from Chicago to Oklahoma was spent talking to this man and explaining what God was doing. His heart had already been opened, and he just needed people to say yes and to walk up to him. He did, it wasn't a salvation story. He didn't get saved right there. But I'm telling you that his heart is getting softer and softer and softer and down a week, a week from that day, a month from that day, a year from that day, he's going to encounter someone else, and they're finally going to say, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. But you have to be willing to say yes. You have to be willing to be obedient, to go, and obedient to talk and tell your story. So are we people that are going, and are we people that are talking? Because God is always waiting for us waiting for us to say yes, waiting for us to go. I'd like to invite the worship team up. So, so today, my challenge for you is that I want you to go home, and I want you to ask God to put someone on your heart so you can talk to them. You don't have to share the gospel, but you just have to share your life, what God has done in your life. And you have to trust that after that, God is going to begin to move in that person's heart and is going to move and transform and push them closer to him. Whether that be your brother or your sister, your, your cousins, your family, 
it doesn't matter. Your coworker, your boss, maybe your boss is a jerk, and you're like, he needs, he needs Jesus. Maybe this is that opportunity. So my challenge to you is that, to go to pray and ask God to show someone on whom you need to go and talk and actually speak to about what God is doing in your life. So let's pray. God, we thank you that you are moving and you are working in our hearts. That like Philip, who was just a normal man, may we be equally as attentive and listening to what you are saying. And not only that, but may we be obedient in saying yes to following that. Whether that is, hey, hey, you need to go talk to this person. You need to quit doing that. You need to change this in your life. May we be listening and we say, yes, God, I will do that. Because we're, you are always looking for us to say yes. You are looking for us to say yes so that through that person, they can encounter Jesus. Families can be changed. Workplaces can be changed. Friend groups can be changed. Cities can be changed. Countries can be changed. Because someone was willing to say yes. Yes to listening to you and yes to following through with what you are calling us to do. We thank you for everything that you are doing in our lives. And we pray that any sickness that is in this room, any despair that is in this room, Lord, through your name, the name of Jesus, we ask for the healing of that, the healing of cancer, the healing of, of, of any other sickness in this room, God. We believe that you work through us and that your power has been given to us to to heal any of them. That any financial problems, Lord, we pray that you do the miraculous in those situations. Any family drama that is happening, Lord, that you might break through that and unite the family and bring them closer together than they have ever been. We thank you that the groundwork has already been laid out. That you have already willed the people and set up the, their salvation experience and that you've allowed us to participate and to take part in that, take part in, in us bringing the kingdom to earth. God, we love you so much. In your name we pray.